training facilities in the armed forces. This is work we do on behalf of the Ministry of Defence and every year we publish a report summarising this work which is called the effectiveness of care and welfare arrangements for recruits, trainees and officer cadets. We've just published this year's report and I'm delighted to be talking about it with um, some great guests. So I'll start with my Ofsted uh, colleagues. We are joined by Paul Joyce who is Deputy Director looking after all of our further education work. We're joined by uh, Helen Flint as well, specialist advisor in, in the further education team and our armed forces lead. Um, and, and Helen, I think uh, you also have a bit of a background in the armed forces yourself before you joined us here at Ofsted. Yeah, that's correct, Mark. I did spend nearly 20 years as a training and education specialist in the Royal Navy. I have to point out that was actually over 10 years ago and I've done many things since joining, since leaving the Royal Navy, including being an HMI since uh, 2014. I'm also really pleased to say that we're joined today by Commander Kate Scott uh, of the Royal Navy and uh, Kate is also the Ministry of Defence link for us here at Ofsted. Kate, do you want to talk a little bit about your background and, and how you ended up uh, in, in this role? Uh, yes, uh, yeah. As um, you said, Kate Scott, um, I have um, been in the navy just over twenty years, and um, I am what is known within the navy as a training management specialist. I have done several roles um, across many of the training domains, looking particularly at um, the introduction of new equipment and the training associated with this. And this is my first foray into um, Ofsted and um, care and welfare and. Um, the duty of care from an MOD perspective. Ofsted Talks. Ofsted Talks. Ofsted Talks. Thank you. Um, so, so Paul and, and Helen, um, as I said, this, this is work that a lot of people will be a bit surprised to know that Ofsted does. It, it sits within our, our further education uh, team. How did it come about? How, how did we get to a position where we were asked by the Ministry of Defence to inspect um, training uh, in the in the forces uh, thanks mark uh, you you're right it's a, a relatively small um piece of the further education skills remit but an incredibly important part helen i think you know the background to this really really well would you like to just explain why we're we doing this thank you paul so this work all stems back from some uh, deaths in the army in the late 1990s and the early 2000s at a place called Deep Cut Barracks in Surrey. And there were a number of um, young people in that particular establishment who, over that time period, took their own lives. And that was followed by a number of inquiries and reports. The outcome of one of those was that the, the then Adult Learning Inspectorate uh, was asked by the Ministry of Defence to be an impartial and independent inspectorate looking at what went on in basic training amongst all of the armed forces and effectively be, I suppose, a civilian look at what's going on inside those establishments, primarily through a care and welfare lens. So this work stems right back to that time. The Adult Learning Inspectorate was then, if you like, subsumed into Ofsted and Ofsted has now completed 15 different cycles of inspection into 
basic training, which is, if you like, the phase one element, which is where you, your civilians join the armed forces and go through basic training in the Army, the Navy and the Royal Air Force. Um, and then on to their trade training, which teaches them to be um, all the different job roles that you can possibly get in, in the armed forces. So teach them, for example, to be engineers or chefs or infantry folk. All of that is what happens in their initial trade training or their phase two. Our remit as Ofsted, as commissioned by the Ministry of Defence, is to go and look at how well those different training establishments are looking after the care and welfare of those young people. And that includes looking at it through the lens of training, because at the end of the day, that's what they are doing in those establishments. They are there to train, but they also live there. They've got a full experience that goes on, and it's our responsibility to go and see how well the Ministry of Defence is looking after them through those training, um, those training phases. Thank you. Um, so, so, Kay, so I suppose what's what's the view from the other side of the, the fence as, as the MOD uh, representative? Um, clearly, going all the way back to deep, deep kind of really serious and, and, and sensitive area um, and a big focus now for the armed forces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we absolutely, as the MOD, are delighted that Ofsted come and see our um, our initial training. Um, we've got an enormously good relationship with Osted and welcoming you into our establishments to have a independent third party assess how well how well we deliver the duty uh, duty of care aspects um, of our obligations um, to those people that join the armed forces is absolutely key. And the um, inspectors that, that come and see the establishments have a wealth of, of knowledge. Um, they are able to look at a number of establishments in each inspection cycle and their ability to then triangulate, triangulate their data and allow us to, to see the trends and the consistency of which we are delivering the duty of care, where we can um, develop our policies and procedures and where best practices is being delivered allows us really to, um, to get after those areas um, where we can do better for our people and where we can bring a, a mindset of continuous improvement through, our, uh, through the, um, the inspections that you deliver. So absolutely, um, we welcome them. Um, they're, they're very good for us and um, yeah, long may they continue. Thank you. And, and, and Paul, so you said this is you know, quite, quite, a, quite a small team. How, how many people do we have and how many places do we inspect? I mean, obviously on the list, you've got some Pretty famous names, Sandhurst. Uh, where, where else are we going? Well, Mark, as you quite rightly say, and as Kate has just said, it's, it's influential work um, because what our inspections find and the recommendations we make um, do make a real difference to the establishments um, that we inspect. It's a slightly different framework. So whilst, as Helen has already said, it is training that we are looking at, but it's specifically the welfare and duty of care aspect in addition to that training that's important. And we do around 20 inspections um, uh, a year, 20 inspections each cycle. And we, along with Kate and MOD colleagues, Helen decides where to visit, um, what units to visit. Um, and that's done on a, a sort of a, a, a risk and priority basis. 
and we then go and inspect and as we do in our other remits we report as we find but the difference in in this remit particularly the reports are at a very very high level by senior MOD staff there's an annual report produced that's signed off by our chief inspector uh, and by the minister responsible for uh, for defence and importantly as a result of individual uh, establishment inspections and the annual report improvements are made and improvements are made not only to training but also to infrastructure to resources and to accommodation for our uh, for our uh, armed forces recruits and uh, just out of interest uh, do you inspect reservists as well as regular units actually this year is a f- um we have not been to inspect any reservists other than the university service units which aren't strictly reservists because we are doing a piece of work alongside the Ministry of Defence to review the training in each of the armed forces um, reservist organisations and look at the best way that we could possibly inspect those. So this year coming, we are going to do a piece of work alongside Kate and her team and alongside the single services uh, to look at um, how training is in the reserve world for certain parts of of the organisation. So the nice thing about about the work that we do is it doesn't it, it changes often we do d- different things we don't we're not we're sort of we don't, we're not fixated on what we look at the MOD will ask us to look at something different perhaps this year next year the year after um, and we are agile enough to to look at what we do and say yeah, we can try and do things differently that's a really nice piece of work Paul you talked about that relationship between the Ministry of Defence colleagues and ourselves um, and we are responsive to something that they might like us to go and look at outside of what we've looked at in the previous year. Helen, um, so so just looking at the, the kind of span of, of, of places that we go and, and inspect, um, we've, we've talked about some of the sort of famous officer training uh, establishments like Sandhurst. Where, where else are we going? Yeah, actually, Mark, we went to all three of the very prestigious uh, officer training establishments this year. So we went up to RF Cranwell, and also we went to Britannia Royal Naval College in Dartmouth, as well as Sandhurst, as you mentioned. But we also have been to the Phase 1 training establishments at RF Holton. Uh, we've been to some of the Army training establishments, such as Winchester. Um, and then we've I've talked about the sort of Phase 2, which is the initial trade training, which is where uh, the recruits will go next to learn about their trades. So we went to places like HMS Collingwood down in near Portsmouth. Uh, Fairham near Portsmouth and we also went up to Cosford and I mentioned about um, the fact that these were places sorry there there were places that we'd seen make definite improvements and those last two are really good examples of establishments that we have inspected that we did not think were good for reasons various Um, people can read the previous annual report if they want to know why they weren't uh, good the previous time but when we went back this year both of those establishments are good examples of, of um, places that have gone from requires improvement to good. So they're really good news stories, the pair of those, and there are other places like that. Thank you. And so, Helen, the, the process of inspecting um, these establishments, I'm interested in how that how that differs uh, perhaps from some of the other inspections that we do. So most people obviously think about school inspections where our inspectors will go in and they'll sit at the back of a class and, 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 and watch uh, some children being taught, they'll talk to leaders in the school, they'll run through curriculums and, and, and really look into the level of detail. I mean, how, how hands-on do we get 
uh, in inspections in Ministry of Defence facilities? Well, to be honest, Mark, the, ins- the the type of activities we do on any sort of inspection are fairly similar. So the activities that inspectors in the MOD team would do would be fairly similar to the sorts of things they would do. For example, they were going to visit a college, but there's just a, a slight sort of nuance in the emphasis. So they will still go and look at training that's happening. It's it's sometimes in a classroom, but often it's out in in the field or a workshop or on an assault course or out on the parade ground. And we do that because we are interested in the quality of the training. And we've got, as Kate mentioned, we've got a huge wealth of experience in our in our inspection um, workforce, who, who many of whom have been inspecting either post-16 education or been involved in post-16 education and training for many years. So uh, that, we find, is, is something to have useful conversations with the MOD about. Uh, but we'll also spend a lot of time talking to new recruits and trainees at, at these establishments and finding out what life there is like from their perspective. Um, and one of the things that we do that possibly colleagues in other emits wouldn't do is we go and have a look where these uh, where these young people are living because we're really interested in the sorts of accommodation facilities that they are experiencing in their time while they're under training. Um, and we'll go and see where they eat and we'll go and see where they are uh, able to relax out of their working time because these are all things that we have over the years that our experience has shown they are really important for the well-being and, and care of those young people who, for whom this training is, is actually quite robust um, and quite physical. It, they're doing stuff they may never have done before. They're living away from home for the very first time, some of them, uh, particularly some of those who are a bit younger. So we do want to explore all of those things with them and find out how well they are being supported and cared for by the establishment staff, both uniformed and non-uniformed, because let's not forget there are a lot of civilians working in these organisations as well as military. And all of those things will help us um, sort of get a rounded picture of what life is like for those people going through that training. Um, under those circumstances and yes we will also spend a lot of time talking to staff and a lot of time talking to the senior leaders or the command team of that are responsible for the training for the care for the welfare of those new recruits and trainees so those activities are similar but as I say slightly nuanced slightly different because we do have an emphasis on how good the infrastructure and the resources are because our experience over the last nearly 20 years is what an impact they can have on the well-being of people that are going through that training. Ofsted Talks. Ofsted Talks. Ofsted Talks. Yes, and the, the infrastructure is something that I know we've drawn out in the, the, the latest report and in previous reports. Um, should we talk a bit about what we've found over the course of the last year and um, what people can read about if they if they do pick up a copy of our report? Yeah, sure. Well, the first thing to say about um, about our our uh, report and about our findings across this year's um, cycle, which the report talks about, is how good the training is in all of the places we visited, and not a single establishment or um, university service unit. If I can just uh, stop you there, Helen, would you mind just uh, letting our listeners know what a university service unit is? So we, have, we, we've, we went to 11 different regular training establishments this year. And by regular, I mean regular army, regular navy uh, and regular uh, air force. We also went to a number of uh, university service units. 
And this year we chose the RAF and we went to some of the um, university air squadrons. Um, visited a number of those across the country and, and remember that these are not just in England like Ofsted other work often tends to be in England but these are all over the United Kingdom so we visited a number of those and these are units that are attached to universities so you can go to universities as, as a student and you can apply to be a member of the university service units which are what the, what really what they say on the tin they are um, service organisations which train students who are who effectively become officer cadets in their time there and they train them to do various different activities. There's no requirement to join the military afterwards, that's not what these organisations are about, but because they are paid service people and because they are um, effectively doing what, what could be constituted as a sort of phase one, phase two type training, then the, uh, then the MOD asked us to start um, inspecting those in around 2018. That's great. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, going back to what we found this year during the inspections, you were saying that uh, all the training we inspected was good? Um, what we found everywhere we went is that the training and the quality of support that all of those young recruits and trainees were experiencing in the places we went to this year was good. Not a single one was not. So that's a really good finding. And I'm really delighted for MOD colleagues that that is, the, that is the case. There were pockets where we were saying, hang on a minute, some of these um, young folk going through training, they haven't quite had enough time, for example, to really think about what they've learned before you then teach them something new. So let's have a, let's have a look at that, please. And that's one of the recommendations in the report. We've also said, please can you remember that they also have to have time to, to, to maintain the level of fitness that you've got them to, because that's something else that we found within the report. We've asked the RMOD colleagues to seriously think about the level of nutrition that recruits and trainees have um, and teaching recruits and trainees more about the nutrition, the, what they need to fuel their body, particularly when they're undertaking quite strenuous physical activity and strenuous training. So... Uh, there's a conversation about that, and that's one of the recommendations. Two of our major recommendations, though, and your listeners may well have actually seen these in the press because some of these were picked up by some of the large newspapers and, indeed, uh, I think some of the me other media outlets, were that we did find that if you're a woman or if you are a smaller recruit or trainee, not everything fits as well as we'd like it to. That's particularly around some of the... Uh, kits such as body armour or rucksacks or uh, also known in the military as Bergens. So there was a recommendation around uh, the making sure that clothing, uniform and equipment fits properly. And our major recommendation this year, as it was in the previous year and indeed the one before that, is about uh, improving swiftly the, uh, particularly the accommodation for other infrastructure. And that was a major finding this year because sadly this year we actually went to probably one of the worst places that, in terms of infrastructure that we've seen in, in quite a long time. Um, and that particular institution, we felt it was so bad that we gave it an inadequate rating overall. And that's quite rare, which comes back to my first point, which is most of what we see across the military state, across military training is good. And we do report that. I think, I think that is really important because obviously... There was a lot of focus on on some of the some of the infrastructure. Kate, um, I'm not trying to put you on the spot at all, but but um, do you do you recognise uh, 
some of that is is that you know a, a fair assessment do you think of uh, the current uh, current state of play yeah i think offset um inspections are are always fair um i i shadow a few to understand how offset undertake their inspections i think that's part of my role it allows me to um talk to the command in uh, the command and command and chains of command within the establishments with a, a more informed view of how inspections have been undertaken um, and it helps me in in my role when when I'm answering um, questions so absolutely I think the the MOD absolutely recognizes that across what is essentially an extremely large um, training estate that there are um, certainly buildings that are um, require much more um, investment we have quite a a quite a number of uh, graded buildings which um, the investment for which um, is obviously enormous and there is a MOD infrastructure strategy that um, is is developing how we then look to modernize our training estate to ensure that um, we absolutely get after these these issues to ensure that the def um, the defense view on, on on duty of care and, and care and welfare for our trainees not only covers all of the um, the, the welfare side, but also all of those sides that, that Helen mentions, including accommodation um, and infrastructure. So yes, it, it is recognised, and I think um, the MOD strategy is strong. It will take time, but it's absolutely on, on the radar. Um, and I think when it comes to equipment, certainly across um, all of the services, there are absolutely um, programmes in place to develop the equipment that we have for both males and females to ensure that when we undertake not only our training but also throughout our careers that the equipment we have is is the best that it can be um, and it allows us to do the the jobs that we do to the best of our abilities so um, once again that takes time to develop but it's absolutely there and, and it is it is understood and, so, and have you seen over the <coughs> excuse me over the years that that Ofsted's been been doing these inspections and someone's going to have to correct me on the, the number of years we've been uh, involved in this have, have you seen some some steps forward uh, on the on the back of some of the the, the reports that we put out would you um, like me to take yeah, that Marcus yeah, yeah. Helen again so uh, absolutely we do and I, I am I'm minded of a, of a little story of when our some of our inspectors were at an RAF establishment that shall remain nameless um, and we had we pointed out that it wasn't really great that they didn't have hot water and heating in that particular establishment and that the young people going through the training there, it was a phase two training establishment, couldn't have hot showers because the heating system kept failing. Um, and some inspectors went back a little while longer, uh, a little while after that, and they uh, they were taken to a big hole in the ground by, by one of the establishment staff and said, there you go, we're putting in new heating. It's not quite there yet, but we're putting in new heating. And when we did go back to inspect that fully, um, the big hole had been filled in, I'm very pleased to say, but they'd actually got uh, their heating system uh, sorted out and there was such thing as, as heating and hot water. And that might sound a bit trivial to people that are listening that are thinking, well, these are roughy-tufty service people and, you know, they've got to live to learn in, in quite harsh conditions. And that is true. But when they're out there doing the job properly, not while they're learning to be aviators, sailors and soldiers. That's really important that we, we as a society give people the chance to do things like wash themselves when they've been out crawling through mud or running around um, an assault course uh, you know those are basic we think basic sort of requirements really in this country and it's right proper that the MOD should fix things when they are broken and to be fair 
wherever we have gone back to re-inspect somewhere that we have said an aspect isn't good enough without any exceptions there has been improvement every single establishment where we've said in the, in, in an inspection this isn't good this requires improvement we've gone back and we've seen an improvement without exception that's really good <clears throat> i think your point's really well made as well you know the, the, this idea that might exist out there that oh well you know the whole point of joining the armed forces is you've got to be tough enough to deal with cold showers and all the rest of it but we're talking about young people starting out in a in a career in in the military and and it's as you say it's it's only right and proper that they that, that, that they have a modern you know lifestyle when they're when they're not out doing their actual their actual day-to-day training Ofsted talks. Ofsted talks. Ofsted talks. Paul, I mean, I'm interested as well in in what we've learned as an organisation from this work because obviously your your area of work covers further education, colleges. It covers prison education as well. Um, what what have we learned from our experience working with the with the armed forces? Uh, a great deal, Mark. Um, I mean, it's great that our inspectors have this as a uh, an, an additional. Uh, element to their work stream so um, Helen as has been said before has a uh, a small team of uh, of experienced inspectors that that do this work but they learn an awful lot um, from the inspections they do in MOD and they're of course able to bring that back into our work and into the training that we do for the other activity I mean what's most striking for me here is the relationship that exists between Ofsted and the MOD so between Helen and Kate and colleagues and the biggest learning point here um, that we try to replicate throughout the remit is around that communication is around that risk management that risk intelligence and about communication in terms of conducting inspections and making recommendations because as we've heard from Helen and from Kate this is work that is influential it does make a difference if we find something that needs improvement and we get that recommendation right the MOD act on that and those improvements are made so it's it's a really good um, additional sub remit to the work we do in further education and skills that's interesting thank you and and I suppose that just bringing it back to where we started um, this sort of sensitive area uh the, the 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 inspection of these facilities the welfare concerns came out of uh, some some difficult times in the history of the armed forces uh, around deep cut and elsewhere um we've talked about things that have been learned through uh inspection on on the on the sort of facilities uh, and improving the infrastructure um kate helen do you do you think there's been changes made that have made a material difference in terms of that wider care of uh, of recruits yeah absolutely i mean out of um out of deep cut we had a a significant report called the the darley darley blake and that had over 30 recommendations and it is it is from those recommendations we have absolutely based our care and welfare and duty of care for our um, for our recruits and trainees and and that stems from the need for us to make sure that not only our trainees are are well cared for but also our trainers 
are in the best position to deliver the responsibilities that we give them as trainers within establishments. So um, we have absolutely put in place um, levels of training for trainers. Um, we've got um, strategies for additional training, whether that be on radicalisation and bullying. We've now got self-harm strategies. We've got suicide awareness strategies. Um, and all of this is part of that continuous improvement mindset that we've got for both um, our trainers and trainees with regards to how can we continually develop the care and welfare and duty of care aspects of our training that goes so so hand in hand with also delivering the, the military side and, and the, the capability side that we want to to instill in these trainees that come into the armed forces. So absolutely, we we have changed as an organisation post Deep Cut um, and, and for the right reasons and we continue to change and develop and that's exactly where Ofsted provide that underpinning data alongside lots of other reports and strategies that we have at the defence level to provide us with that constant check to ensure that we are going in the right direction and that we are sharing the best practice um, across the establishments so that we are absolutely doing the best for the people that join the armed forces. Yeah, and I'd endorse what Kate's just said there, Mark, because I think the the landscape has changed considerably since those days, and Ofsted are really proud partners in that journey. You know, the Ministry of Defence have done so much work in these areas, and it really is a very... And I've been kicking around for a very long time um, since since those days up until now, and, and they've made so, such significant changes in the way that trainers are trained, um, and as well as the way that trainees are trained, and the whole, the whole way that young people are looked after I say young because they're all younger than me I mean that doesn't mean that there's some of them are in their 30s so <laughs> they're still a lot younger than me um, but the the whole the whole way that this system the training systems within the armed forces are run is is markedly different as I say we're really proud to have walked hand in hand with with the Ministry of Defence during that whole journey Thank you. It's clearly really, really important work. Um, thank you so much for uh, talking today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, Kate. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, do give us a like and a follow. Uh, and we will be speaking again on another topic soon on Ofsted Talks.